Episode 38 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk some wrestling. The wait is over. After just one short year, one of the best shows on television, Dark Side of the Ring, returns for season three on Vice Network, airing this Thursday, May 6th. I've been waiting to do uh, this episode for a long time with the fellas. Uh, right when we started Keep the Kayfabe, we started a little Google Doc uh, listing all of the topics we might want to hit at some point. But what better time to bring it in uh, right for the season three premiere. But before we get into the deep dive into Dark Side of the Ring, let's introduce the fellas really quick. Up in Glendale, someone who keeps it regal, Steve Grobschmidt. How are you, Grabby? Oh, yeah. Freak out. Freak out. Keep the kayfabe time. Yeah. Can you dig it? Good. Oh, yes. That's a good, that's a good Randy. That was awesome. Yes, I can. That was very good, Steve. Way to go. Way to go. And maybe we can touch a, on that great episode on season one. A match made in heaven, I believe it was called. Yep. Let's cruise down to Bayview. Talk to someone who keeps it freshly squeezed. Matt Michelson. How are you, Matt? And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. My impression of our very own Charlie Michael here. Yeah. (laughs) And for those of you who are tuning into the upcoming season of Dark Side of the Ring, you'll notice that Stone Cold Steve Austin makes an appearance in the Brian Pillman episode. So, oh, a lot. Yeah. He's our starting lineup. I was really excited uh, to see Brian Pillman leading off the season because Austin is just such a great interview as we've seen with Chris Jericho. And then he had his own biography episode. So yeah, great strong start on the part of uh, vice boys. Uh, Let's stay down in Bayview real quick. Talk to somebody whose name is, Oh my God, it's Charlie Michael. (laughs) Raw is Jericho. That's all I have. (laughs) Good enough. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do a little more research before the show. I was trying before the show to find Eli yeah. Drake slash LA Knight quotes, and I could because I, I know I, he's got a bunch of them. And I, I couldn't gotta, find I, any. I gotta, hey yo, right, hey, I go back to my, yeah. my or stomp a mud hole dry, you know? Right. Or, oh, you don't. Oh, you don't know. Just better call somebody. Do, 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 do. Well, we may pick up some new listeners uh, because. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this next show that we're going to cover, Dark Side of the Ring, uh, premiering season three, like I said, on Thursday, May 6th. So those uh, intros, they'll be new to everybody if they haven't gone back and listened to our past episodes. But yes, Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, when you think of wrestling, the lights are bright and the stars shine. But there's always a dark side of the business. And Dark Side of the Ring is a show that sheds light on stories just like that. Uh, This is probably one of my favorite shows on TV, if not my favorite, just because if you're a wrestling fan, if you love documentaries, it's kind of like the behind the music or the E! uh, True Hollywood story of wrestling, combined with a little bit of Unsolved Mysteries, maybe a little bit and uh or espn 30 for 30s this is uh setting the new bar as far as uh wrestling documentaries go in my opinion how the show started two lifelong friends uh evan husney and jason eisner uh jason eisner i believe is a film director and evan husney works for vice kind of like we started to becoming friends we would just text back and forth about wrestling and um, they just kind of, you know, played tennis back and forth as far as uh, wrestling stuff and uh, said, hey, we should we should get a project going here. Uh, their main project was um, season one's episode one, uh, Bruiser Brody. That was their main focus. They just wanted to make a documentary on Bruiser Brody. And 
uh, Vice was like, hey, do you, um, are there any more stories like this? Sure enough, I mean, wrestling is full of them. When you have a bunch of independent contractors that like to put their bodies on the line, do a shit ton of drugs and uh, alcohol and steroids. And it has its roots in the carny business. Exactly. Yeah. Traveling around, I'm sure you can uh, pick up some pretty good stories. But it's, it's, um, it's done in a way, uh, I was mentioning to the boys uh, before we hopped on, it's done in a way where these guys, it's not like they're trying to take down wrestling and be like, these guys are just steroid, alcohol-fueled, drug-addicted, sex-crazed maniacs, and they want to, like, you know, give them their comeuppance and bash them. They actually um, try to focus on stories where the lines are blurred, and they try to let the viewer um, decide what for themselves, uh, like how to feel about the episode. And these guys are huge, huge wrestling fans at heart, first and foremost, which um, I don't know if you guys watched a bunch of like the beyond the mat uh, episodes from WWE. Those documentaries are pretty great, but Mm -hmm. they're kind of, they don't, they don't give the same substance that these guys actually do. And they shoot it in a way that is really, really cool and different. Um, One of their documentaries inspirations of shooting this is from this um, movie. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, it was back in 89. It was called The Thin Blue Line. They keep bringing it up in a lot of their interviews saying um, that that was their inspiration of having these, not just stock footage of uh, photos of these wrestlers or clips of the wrestlers, um, but also do reenactments. Yeah, do uh, and that's what that. makes makes the show really cool. Yeah. And they do it in mm-hmm. a blurred a blurred way where it's not like everything is so defined. It's almost acts kind of like a memory because a lot of these stories take place 30 years ago and it works in, you know, many ways. One, it's way better for budget not to, you know, have these actors look exactly like them and get a set that looks exactly the way it is. But two, it, it gives you kind of that nostalgia and like, you're kind of going back in time. And as they tell the story, you're kind of peeking in on this kind of perspective. Um, so Steve, you did the macho man coming in. I, I listened to an interview today and actually in that episode of season one, the macho man in the, um, reenactments, that's actually a cosplayer for oh, really? walk, that's who a good goes place to, like, to go. Yeah. Yeah. Goes to like wrestle cons. And I think they bumped them to him at like a star cast somewhere. Oh, very cool. And the, and the dude looked just like macho man. And they asked him, Hey, would you like to be our macho man? And what a, what a compliment to that guy before the right. show even really was anything significant yet. Right. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, that had to have been a big thrill. Yeah, on a side note, I don't know if you guys watch the NFL draft. I forget which team. You know, the teams had uh, their fans come up and announce that. You see that guy? There was a guy dressed like Macho Man. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he looked pretty good. I wonder if that he was that same on. guy. Yeah, he looked dead on, dude. He had it perfect. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I'll have to go and find that. No, I, I totally missed that. Yeah, I yeah, it was it pretty up. freaky. I saw a picture and I'm like, wait, yeah, it's a picture of the Macho Man. Yeah, <laughs> just like him. Yeah, it's always interesting watching Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I wasn't a huge Macho Man fan growing up, believe it or not. Um, but I've learned to like him and respect him more as an adult, watching some of his old matches from the 80s and just seeing how good he was. Oh, yeah, he was a good worker. Um, the one thing Dark Side of the Ring really did shed some light on, though, was his relationship with his wife, Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. just how, Freaky I guess, toxic is probably the best yeah. word to describe it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, if you look up toxic relationship in the dictionary, I think Macho Man's picture is right in there next to hers. Uh, but it's it's a really interesting perspective. And, Mike, like you were saying in the beginning of the podcast, even if you're not a fan of pro wrestling, the stories are just so fascinating. And I think just with how professional wrestling comes from the carnival business, how there's this air of mystery to it, um, everybody seems to be fascinated by it. So when you hear stories like this, it really changes your perspective of the business and really, like you said, Mike, humanizes these people in a way. Mm-hmm. And who they get... Um as their guests are the people or not their guests, their, um, their interviews are the people that are closest to these wrestlers too. Yeah. Not just like, Oh, 
uh, Jr. in the Owen Hart uh, episode. They're 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 talking to Owen Hart's wife. They're talking to Owen Hart's son. People that don't get this kind don't get a chance to tell the story, like how it affected their lives, how it affected the family, and going forward. And I mean. It, it takes a lot of courage on these guys' part to, to do a project like this because wrestling is just rich with so much history, full of fans that know, you know, the ins and outs of the business. It's a big undertaking that could take a lot of, like, critique because if they don't do it right, it could be uh, looked at as, one, very disrespectful, and two, I mean, it could be a career killer for these guys too. So – it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of courage on the people producing the show. And then the people that come out and share these feelings, this is probably some stuff that they've never talked about before. Some stuff that they probably want to bury some stuff they don't want to go public with. So it's just a really lucky opportunity to get these interviews before these people pass on, or they're like, I don't want to talk about it. So the, sec- the success of season one, I think, was infinitely valuable uh, for these guys to continue telling these stories because mm-hmm. um, if it wasn't such a hit in the first season, they wouldn't have gone the season two to get more people to be like, yes, I'll talk because I trust you guys. It is such a well done show. And so, yeah, Matt, if you can, if your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever you're listening, uh, you're listening to this right now and you want to you know, get somebody into this, anybody can watch this show because honestly, it's almost like a dateline, a 2020 documentary. Yep. 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 And if, or just, if you just love great stories, this is it. And it's just shot in such a good story. Yep. Cool and clever way. And the way that they set it up um, is just so brilliant too. They give you a little teaser, but then kind of go back and really, get these interviews that are closest. And um, we did get a teaser uh, this morning or when I saw it this morning, the first episode of season three, Brian Pillman, um, I was able to catch this morning. And I was kind of thinking, cause I knew we were gonna record this episode tonight. I was thinking like, how would a person watch this show that isn't really a wrestling fan? Because they get these great, interviews from eric bischoff jr jim Cornette. i mean those guys when we see them on screen we know who they are we know the history of they are in the business what do you think the do you think the people would you know when they see eric bischoff would they become more curious like to know who the guy is or do you think they would get the same substance out of the interview to just the average watcher would you think you mean is he like got name recognition is that what you're asking or well, just kind of like um, just a normal viewer would be able to pick up kind of like the like the weight of uh, what yeah. they're saying. What do you think would be entertaining for them? What I, um, I guess I'm trying to ask. I guess, you know, when I think about it, like I watched the uh, Pillman one a couple of days ago. Um, I wonder if if they did they do the I think they introduced him as a former WCW executive or something. And, and when you listen they do make it clear he ran it Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah in that particular episode i don't think they you know they don't go into wcw versus WWE. they don't go into like what eric bischoff did to wrestling so i mean i guess i guess if you're coming in cold he's Mm -hmm. just he's a prominent executive yeah right yeah that's an interesting point yeah versus if yeah if you have any history of wrestling you know he's a major player I get where you're coming from, Mike. It's kind of hard to to say that as a as a wrestling fan, right? Like, obviously, we at Keep the Kayfabe love pro wrestling. So to us, these stories are even more fascinating because kind of like you were saying, you have folks like Eric Bischoff who ran WCW. Then you have Jim Cornette, who is a very well-known historical booker for a lot of different territorial promotions, as well as having played a part in WWF at some point in time. So you have very different perspectives, different types of people. Um, I think for hardcore fans like us, it really means a lot because Mm -hmm. it really lends some credibility to the stories because you're getting sort of a every side speaking about a particular situation, right? So you kind of get to hear one side versus another side versus maybe the third side that exists and then kind of make your own decisions based on that. Or if they're saying the same thing, then you're like, wow, this must actually be how it went down. 
Um, now, one thing I will say about Eric Bischoff, you mentioned him specifically. Um, I did catch the latest Brian Pillman episode. I think they do a really good job of emphasizing who these people are to some degree, because mm -hmm. what they kept saying in this episode is Brian Pillman essentially turned his gimmick into this blurred line of reality where you didn't know if he was actually going crazy or if he was using that as a way to get some negotiating power with WWF at the time. Right. And speaking with Eric Bischoff, they do say kind of like Steve mentioned that he was like the guy at WCW and Vince McMahon was the guy at WWF, which at the time, and they mentioned this in the documentary was the place to be. Right. Um, so I guess for a non-fan, I think they do a pretty good job of it. Now, do they outright say Vince McMahon is this guy and he's run this since this year? No, not at all. But I think a lot of people who like watching documentaries over the last 10 years, especially have really gotten good at picking up on things that aren't explicitly stated, right? Like you think about right. shows like House of Cards back came out on Netflix probably 10 years ago. I didn't know anything about politics, still don't really, but- <laughs> It's one of those shows that I think really started to challenge people to pick up on what's happening and fill in the gaps for themselves. That's and I think point. Dark Side of the Ring is kind of doing the same thing. I think they kind of help you along quite a bit more actually than House right. Cards, but they do leave a little bit unsaid. But still, I think to answer your question, I think if you're not a wrestling fan, you'll figure it out and you will find yeah. this interesting. And the nice thing is about this show, they don't just key on the... Um the professionals in the business, they, they get to the family members and the people that are closest to them or like their old football coach or a uh, weightlifting person at the gym that knew them best. So yeah, I guess that was just kind of my one thing um, that I would be wondering is if would, would an average person get what we get out of this show? But also, you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm, I don't know any, anything about wrestling and I'm sitting there watching with Charlie it's got to be probably fun to Charlie to fill in somebody new about something like, oh yeah, Eric Bischoff, he and Vince McMahon went head to head on yeah. WCW, Nitro, and Raw Wars, and Raw Wars it could be a whole Dark Side of the Ring on of their own someday, which it might will. So you know it might be fun uh, to watch with somebody. I know I I I begged, I didn't beg. I would be like <laughs> Kristen, I would really like it. If we watch season three of Dark Side of the Ring together, that's my only ask. Because I watch all the stuff with her. I've watched Below Deck, The Kardashians, or <laughs> I've watched enough Bachelor and Bachelorette over the course oh, of my life. That earns you cred. So this, yes, I'm gonna play that card. You should, and it's gonna, it's gonna be enjoyable for her. I know it will. Um, well, I, I keep so. bringing up, I keep bringing up, um, you know, the family. Uh, and what I'm noticing in all of these episodes too, like uh, Chris Benoit, a heavy, heavy story. Uh, Owen Hart, another really heavy story. And this recent one, Brian Pillman, all these wrestlers, they're so family oriented. They always say they're the best dads. A lot of them, at least those three were some of the best dads. Um, and, you know, they're no longer with us. So I just think it's just a great opportunity for these families to tell the story that, they want to be told about somebody who has passed on. So, you know, stick taps to, um, you know, Evan and Jason that provide that. So these guys are really doing great things for wrestling. It's really exciting to be a fan right now. Yeah. Also, I heard something interesting too. The season one almost didn't get off the ground too, because um, they were going to push it back. They weren't really sure if wrestling had this strong of a market on vice uh, it wasn't until AEW did the numbers that they first did when they got the with with uh, TNT when they finally signed that deal that pushed Dark Side of the Ring up, and now it's one of probably the most popular show on their network. Yep, gotta be, with the exception of Bong Appetit, I'm sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's man. a big deal. I, I haven't jumped. <laughs> I haven't jumped into that one. Those shows just make me hungry. And unless I only have good food around, I really can't stand <laughs> watching them. So, yeah. Um, fans, if you've never seen the show, there's two seasons that you can get caught up on. Great, great stories. Uh, season one, I believe, is eight episodes. I, or excuse me. Season one is six episodes. And then they doubled it uh, for season two. 
I think they gave him 12. And plus there's a bunch of post, uh, you know, after Dark Side of the Ring, plus a bonus coverage. So there's lots of stuff to get excited about leading up to Thursday if you want to get in there. But I'm really excited for season three. Um, there's a lot of stuff on here that I have no idea about, but a lot of stuff that's been done before too, like the ultimate warrior. Uh, there's been tons of documentaries done about this guy. So what more can the story be said about him? I've heard some interviews and they get into, uh, his wife's perspective on this because before the ultimate warrior became the ultimate warrior, he was a chiropractor. (laughs) And he well, and they were just they got married and they just wanted to live a normal life. But the guy had an urge to become a star. And um, fast, it got in the bodybuilding and fast tracked his way into the WWE. I really can't wait to watch the Ultimate Warrior one because there's a lot of been said and written about him. So this will be a great perspective. Same well, thing with his, his death. I mean, it was just so weird. I mean, I don't know that mm-hmm. there's any. Mm-hmm controversy or really anything but just just that whole story for people that maybe aren't super into wrestling you know he reconciles with wwe and then comes out and has this oddly clairvoyant like uh predictive speech on raw about like when he's gone and that and then that night he dies like i mean it's just so weird it's so weird how that happened yeah yeah that that one to this day still kind of makes me uneasy feeling i guess because i remember watching monday night raw because they announced the ultimate warrior was going to be on and for those of our longtime listeners you know you hear ultimate warrior you think oh matt keep the kayfabe is he listening yes i am (laughs) Um, but that episode you know steve like you were saying the promo he gave was probably one of the best promos he's ever given um and you know just some of the things he spoke about though it was very much like this is the end is the vibe yeah. he got. Um, and the Ultimate Warrior kind of did, if you go back and listen to his promos from the 80s, he did kind of speak in riddles, as I like to say. But this was definitely that, but a lot more to the point. Um, so, yeah, very strange. Um, I think it was the next morning I woke up and heard he had passed away. And it, it just, the first thing I thought was, wait a minute, like, was that episode of Raw last night a tribute show? Or, like, did I see that right? It started to make me almost second guess what I had actually seen. Um, but what I had seen had actually happened. So I'm curious if on this season of Dark Side of the Ring, when they talk about the Ultimate Warrior, if they dive more into the details of, you know, like, did he know he was going to pass away? Was there something else, you know, we yeah. as the public haven't heard about? I- I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see what they do with this episode. This is why I'm excited about uh, this one because you're not getting the WWE perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they That's, honor yeah. someone every year with the Warrior Award <laughs> at the Hall of Fame. And, you know, they're going to keep He's that. An asshole. I know, right? <laughs> they're going to try to keep that um, award as clean as possible and not give away some of the hard details because, you know, it's a publicly traded company and right. you got to keep the shareholders happy and you don't want any, you know, control the narrative. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and speaking of that, too, uh, of weird uh, stories that haven't really come out, um, we're going to be seeing an episode of Jake the Snake, Ooh, um, one of the, one of the all time greatest um, uh, lived a very tormented life. Um, I believe he was sexually abused very young at a child, but more yeah. um, horrifying. His sister got kidnapped and is alleged uh who have gotten murdered but that story has never really been examined to great length and he doesn't yeah. really talk about it much either yeah well you um, know his dad grizzly smith that's he's got a real fucked up he grew up in a really fucked up household dude yeah oh, yeah. Dude is, yeah, yeah that that one's gonna be both uncomfortable that, and fascinating. oh big time yeah i listened to interviews of the dudes uh evan and jason and they said this one was um pretty heavy so yeah you know Get your mind right before that one comes on. Hats off to them for going after that. But another one that I'm really curious about, and I hear this name come up a lot, but I don't really know much about him, the Dynamite Kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlie and Steve, I'm, I'm sure you're more familiar with him than I am. I just know yeah, he's little. Yeah. He's a smaller stature guy, but he shows well, up on like top five all-time greats. Yeah, he was a high flyer and uh just I mean I hate to draw the comparison, but you know, like how Benoit was just like before he did his awful things, was like, mm-hmm. you know, this like 
yeah, shorter, muscular dude that could do anything. That was dynamite kid in the 80s. And uh, yeah, and he was kind of an asshole, I think. Like, oh, like yeah. he had a lot of backstage altercations with people. I'm sure when they get to that episode, they're going to get into the um, um, Jacques Rougeau and him got into a big fight at, like backstage. And I, I bet oh. you, and my prediction right now is that I bet you they, uh, in that episode, talked to Jacques Rougeau. But, uh, oh, that'd be cool. But no, he was, yeah, the British Bulldogs, they were really popular. Him and Davy Boy, they were a great tag team in the 80s. And champions and uh the great feud with the heart foundation yeah yep did you ever see him live russell either of you both i don't think i did no i might have because i'm trying to think of who um the one opportunity that i might have had to see him uh live was that that wrestle fest the county stadium the um <laughs> arena or the uh, brewer the brewer's stadium before the, uh, the one fest yeah, I was there for that, and I think it's possible the Bulldogs were there. Nice. I'm, just, I'm looking it up right now. I think they were. Yeah, we were at, Demo- we were... Demolition. Demolition wrestled the Bulldogs at uh, wow. at, uh, at WrestleFest, so I did see them. That's awesome. We were that was at a hell of a show. We were at the, the Zelo WrestleFest. Oh. <laughs> they called it WrestleFest. WrestleFest. Did they call that it WrestleFest? Yeah. Yeah, Zelo Pro Wrestling coming back to Turner Hall, I believe, in July. Uh, July any of you local people. Nice. So, local Milwaukee listeners, uh, get vaccinated. It was a lot of fun. Go out, support your local wrestling shows. Yeah. Um, so, not to go on a tangent, but I was just looking yeah. at the card for that WrestleFest I attended. <laughs> Holy shit. It was good. Like, yeah. Oh, my. Let's I mean, you it. just, I mean, okay. Legend's yeah, a part of legend. I will do it super fast, but this is the show that I saw at County Stadium. Boss Man versus Scott Casey. Beefcake versus Hercules. Fabulous Rougeau's Killer Bees. Bad News Brown, Bret Hart. Jim Duggan, Honky Tonk Man. Powers of Pain, Bolshevik. Jim Neidhart, Lanny Poffel. Kurt Hennig, uh, Terry Taylor. Jake Roberts, Rick Rude. Haku, nice. Sam Houston. Ultimate Warrior defeated Bobby Heenan in a Loser Wears Weasel Suit match. Oh, Did, you wow. say Sam? Did you say Sam Houston? Yeah, Sam Houston lost to... Um, that's Jake. You know, it's kind of funny. I was looking at that's Jake Roberts' brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He lost. The, he yeah. lost the ha- King Haku. Yeah. Uh, Demolition beat the British Bulldogs to retain the title. Dino Bravo beat Ken Patera. This is the. This is the. Yeah, Hogan defeated Andre in a steel cage, and uh, Randy Savage beat Ted DiBiase to retain the WWF title. That's a hell of a card. When I was yeah, there, it is. Wow. You should try to track down the uh, the poster for that one somehow, Steve. Yeah. I know, cool. I know, you know, it was like a house show, but it was recorded because I know it's, it's showing up on WWE TV before. Wow, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, speaking of killer shows, uh, the collision in Korea, mm. uh, that should be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, this was a WCW CW. show, was it not? Yeah, that one I'm very, yeah, because I've heard, uh, if you guys listen to Bischoff's podcast, I think he did an episode of it. Like his description of like how North Korea was when he was okay. there, I think is something everybody should hear because it's like a different world and like oh, totally. the, the decades and generations of brainwashing of people there. And oh, like, yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, like uh, I think I told this story before and I imagine it'll be on that episode, but uh, Scott Norton, the wrestler, if you guys remember yeah. him, yeah. called his wife at one point and all he did, you know, he's called yeah. his wife, he's overtired and he just said something like, he said one little critical yep, statement about, i'm sick yep. of this place and like people were at his door like after uh, that like they were listening to his phone call and it's just i mean people told bishop bishop went for a run in the morning and he got in super trouble he's not supposed to be out there unattended and yeah that one will be in, that'll be like a culture shock thing yeah, yeah. Hmm. i'm really excited for that one i didn't even know that happened yeah um, muhammad ali was there and yeah it was mm-hmm. yeah so without getting into too much detail, like, do you get, what's like the high level, what actually happened in Korea? Like they had a huge, they had a huge show. There. Yeah. I was a big, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it wound up being a pay-per-view or just a special, I think they had a like, massive, yeah. and it was a huge crowd. It was like, uh, I don't know. They had it in like some message message. Ugh, I can't talk massive arena. And it was like a ton of people. Oh, here we go. 165,000. Yeah, 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 it was huge. Yeah. And there was day two 
of 190. So total 355,000 yeah. people. Yeah. Damn. Oh, and uh, Ric Flair uh, was going to go there. against Antonio Inoki. Inoki. Yeah, they almost they almost got the original um robe that flair was that flair did wear at that show and have it sent to them when they were shooting it but with covid going on they couldn't use the the jacket in the reenactment parts oh, wow. the shooting of this episode that would have been really really cool they said they're really bummed about it but their uh their wardrobe person who works for the show did a great job re like recreating the um the jacket so Fun little fact there. Well, another fun uh, fact is it's one of the only WCW pay-per-views that's not available for streaming in WWE Network. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I tried to find it after we talked about that one time on a past episode, and yeah, I couldn't find it, and I figured, yeah, that's crazy. It's kind of like their version of Crown Jewel or something like that yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the plane ride from hell. This oh. is going to be a good one. Is that the, which one's that about? Is that about the the crash that Flair messes back? No, 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 no. It was like a, just about? a really infamous. I think it was it was, a, it was WWE, right? Plane, plane, yeah. Uh, and it was like just some awful shit went down on the plane. Like if that's the one I'm thinking of, it was like William oh, Regal, wow. and then like somebody people are like urinating and heckling, and like it just got out of like drunk oh, wow. and out of control. I think it was like Mr. Perfect and uh, yeah. Dust, Dustin Rhodes, Goldust. Uh, they got into a fight like on yes, like uh, like sixteen thousand feet and like you know like getting like crazy. I think Jr. said it was like one of the scariest things he's ever seen. I don't know too much details about it, but again, so you don't really have to be a wrestling fan to get into that one. I mean, you're gonna just hear something crazy, so. Make yeah. sure uh, you and your wife pour a nice bottle of wine or a little bit of the bubbly for that one <laughs> plane ride from hell. Yeah, that one will be interesting. They could probably talk to a handful of, well, I guess not all of them. Kurt Hennig, Scott Hall wasn't on it. There's a bunch of people on it. It was, yeah, I don't know a lot of details. So actually, other than I know like that it was a big mess and I think some people got fired and all that, it'll be cool because there's details of that we probably have never heard before. Absolutely. Are you guys uh, familiar with uh, Nick Gage? Uh, yeah, I know. I know some about him, but uh, Scott, yeah, I know. I know enough about him. Scott, he's a big CZW. You know Scott from um, Julie's. He knows he's a big fan of him. He's like the death, kind of like the king of the death matches. CZW, oh, weird parkour stuff. Yeah, he was. Um, I know he went to prison. He robbed a um, bank. Then he hmm. went. He literally, I mean, he was all fucked up on drugs and shit. He literally robbed a bank, went to the casino, was spending money, got caught on camera, then went to prison for like five years after it. It's just, he's, yeah, he's kind of crazy, dude. It's, he's in the kind of the new Jack, um, okay. hardcore hit me with anything kind of stuff. So that one's going to nice. be probably pretty nasty, too. And speaking of new Jack, uh, folks, if you've never seen the new Jack episode of Dark Side of the Ring season two, that is a must watch. Very entertaining, crazy as all hell. That episode <laughs> defines this show. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. They uh, oh so when the dudes got New Jack for that interview, um, the creators of the show, they were like, uh, they got his phone number somehow, and they're like, uh, hi, Mister uh, Mister Jack, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, would you want to come on our TV show and talk about your career? And he's like, yeah. Um, would you? So if we show up, we'll you'll do it and be there. And he's like, yep. So the guy, Dujek, just was like, yeah. Said yeah to him three yep. times, and found him, took him to like in the way that they shoot that episode too. It's like in a theater with um, you know balconies in the background. And as we all know, the listeners love to hear that story about Charlie seeing New Jack fall 40 yeah. feet onto a hardwood floor and two tables. Charlie Michael was just two feet away from it, basically. I was there. Yeah, they say- um, Drunk as a skunk. <laughs> I'm, sure, um, I'm sure it's different. Cause like when you watch New Jack um, matches on TV and you see him fall from those heights, you know, it's one thing on TV, but when you see it live and you see a man fall with no, like, mat or boxes oh, or in the water, 
onto a man or wood. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's kind of like that, that show we saw Saturday night when the guy did the spot on the ladder and he uh, felt yeah. kind of, he kind of felt hard. It was like, you heard this big thud on the floor. Like, holy shit, dude, that, I don't think that went like it was supposed to go. <laughs> oh yeah. Pain wise. You know, I knew he probably knew he was taking a bump, but not that kind of bump. Well, New Jack <laughs> is known to be taking bumps to get the courage uh, to do those sorts of things. Oh yeah, I'm not He's talking a, about wrestling bumps. I'm talking about the sugar, nose candy, the sugar, a little bit of the sugar booger. Exactly. <laughs> those nose beers. Yep. Um. So Chris Canyon is yeah. another one that's going to be. Oh, on that's going to be a good one too because he was gay. He was gay. Yeah, uh, so that was going to be a, real interesting. Yeah, he had. He definitely was a tortured soul. I mean, that. Yeah. yeah. And I would imagine if they did their, if they get, oh man, if they could get to talk to people like DDP on that and the people that were close to him, that'll be a good episode. Oh, I'm sure DDP will. He was a talented dude. Yeah, everything. Seven fifty wrestler. He he was seems he... like a amazing guy based on every interview I've seen, and I had right. heard he was gay, and like a handful of people knew about it. Um, and they, you know, would tell him, yeah, that that's okay. But yeah, he just, he really struggled to come to terms with it. Um, yeah, I'm sure this episode. Will oh, I'm sure. Light yeah. on it. I think, um, didn't Pat Patterson try to help him out a little bit too? Did I read or hear that somewhere? Did you he guys did. ever hear that? Yeah, I have heard that. I can't remember exactly where though. I, I want to say it was on a WWE network special. Okay. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, funny story. My uh, one of my good friends was actually partying down in uh, Florida. I don't know. I don't know where exactly in Florida for spring break. You know, in the in the in the '90s, and uh, a wrestling show was down there. Probably for spring break. Could have been Bash at the Beach or something crazy. Chris Canyon went to one of their parties. He like just you know he's like a seven foot tall dude walking on the beach. They were like, oh, Chris, they were, he, they were like bonging beers together and stuff. I guess Chris Canyon and Booker T were hanging out and Booker T was just like, like a rabbit that just got out of jail. Basically, uh, he was going through chicks left and right. Chris Canyon separated from the group and actually um, hung out with some of the boys. But I don't think my friend knew that maybe Chris Canyon was interested in them sexually. But I don't think anything happened. I think when the guy, when he knew nothing was going to happen, he kind of exited. But whatever, he parted with Chris Canyon. That's, That's cool. cool. You think yeah. T looks at his hand while he's banging chicks? I hope he's not doing that anymore. Charmel might have some words about that. <laughs> no. Nah. Oh, that's where he got the old spinner Rooney, probably. Oh boy. <laughs> It was not the Spinneroony before it was the Spinneroony. Yep. All right. Do you guys know anything about this um, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling? Was this like a no. league, like a wrestling promotion? No, this Maybe. is very new to me. Okay. Yeah, me too. I had never heard about it. It's on the list for season three. Um, sounds like something that's probably like a mix of pro wrestling, but also um, maybe they don't book anything. They just get the matchups and maybe it could have been MMA or UFC, maybe a little ahead of its time. So that'll be news to me as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, so while we were just discussing it, I just Googled it. Cause I, I was just curious what it is. Um, it looks like it's a Japanese promotion from oh, okay. founded in the late eighties. Um, it specializes in hardcore wrestling, mostly revolving around weapons like barbed wire and fire. So I'm guessing uh, with this episode, we're probably going to see some death matches and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, my buddy Dustin, I think I remember him talking about this when we were talking and he he does he would sell old like bootleg DVDs of stuff like this to hardcore wrestling fans and he would get this shit. And um, yeah, he probably knows all about it. So <laughs> That could be a little gory one. Supposedly uh, they had a working agreement with ECW for a while too. Interesting. And uh, Luna Bashan has her own episode. So yeah, we'll see another, yeah. that'll be a wrestling family. Um, kind of like the Von Eriks. Yeah. Um, she comes from a long line of wrestling. So she's, and her and Gangrel, is she still alive? They were married. No, she yeah, died. She's dead. Yeah, she's, she's dead. dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were divorced at the time, I think. But I but, think so too. But yeah. man, that her death just gutted him because 
Yeah, she was, I mean, she's an interesting character. I think she was yeah. another one of those tortured souls. I mean, by all mm-hmm. accounts, just a super cool person, but she just had her demons. Yeah, I Man. have to believe we'll see Gangrel in this episode. I think so. Wow. And I yeah. think uh, there were some other people close to her. I'm trying to remember, like, uh, I want to say Mick Foley, but I know, I, mean, I think I'm mixing that up because Mick Foley was super tight with China. And I know. I might see Bam Bam Bigelow. He's dead. He's dead. Oh, <laughs> maybe not then. My bad. Guys. Might see I some, totally forgot. You might see some tape of him, but you're not gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna, yeah. You're not gonna see him. That's we might sure. see an episode about him in season four. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, that that might um they'll probably get some stories out of That's... uh out of this Vashan episode and probably yeah spark something for season four. You're right. The man had flames tattooed on his head. That he thing. was a hell of a talent, man. Like, yeah. I mean, again, before, yeah. you know, nowadays, it's like he probably would fit right in the middle. But back then, for a guy his size, the stuff he could do, holy right. crap. Yep. Yeah, he would do, like, cartwheels and yeah. moonsaults. The flying headbutt was awesome. He had some great – he was in ECW uh, for a little bit too, right, Charlie? Yeah, that... Who, Gangrel? No, Bam, uh, Bam, Bam, Bam Bigelow. I think so, if he I remember was. correctly. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He was in WWEF. Yeah, ECW and WCW. Nice. He did the gamut. Awesome. Well, yeah, there's a couple other ones here. Grizzly Smith and oh. uh Johnny Johnny K9, Bruiser Bedlam. And uh we got another one. Oh, they're gonna do the WWF steroid trials. Yeah, oh, that's that'll be good. That's gonna yeah, bust so, a lot of people out. That's that's something you're not gonna see on Biogra on E and E when uh, with WWE like filming it. <laughs> no. Can you imagine um, a Dark Side of the Ring on Vince McMahon? It would have to be like a four part episode, a whole season. Yeah, yeah. could be. An well, they are. Show. They are actually thinking about like maybe doing a full length film at some point. Doing like a really that would be you know what? Think about this. When before Vince McMahon became like senile, like back in the eighties, back in the nineties, or or like during the Hogan days, what about him and Hulk Hogan? They do a movie about those two guys, shot like cinematically, because um, during the Macho Man one, uh, what what's uh, Hogan's wife's name? Uh, Linda. Is it Linda? Yeah, Linda yeah. Hogan offered some interviews, and the boys said. Um, Linda had some crazy stories about Vince when Hogan was young and he was young. I mean, yeah, dude, uh, the dude, Vince used to be brilliant and party and stuff. He, he got, um, he took everybody's finisher in a strip club one time. Did you ever hear that story? No, no. Yeah. Vince McMahon was partying with the boys in uh, a strip club one time. I think they mentioned this on dark side of the ring actually. And he was with like 20 other wrestlers. It could have been the road warriors episode actually. Now that I think about it, Vince McMahon said he wanted to gain everybody's respect and be like, ah, give me, give me everybody's finisher. So fucking Hawk goes up on the, on the stage and animal has Vince up on his shoulders and he takes the, um, the road warriors finisher. He did a, tombstone pile driver from the undertaker took like 20 wrestlers finishers in a strip club pretty fun stuff wow hopefully that'll make the full length film too there uh that would be perfect fodder for a game possibly about vince mcmahon (laughs) what yeah somebody should make that game yeah if only if only there was a podcast that did wrestling games like trivia about people (laughs) Hmm. i'll have to dig around see what i can find and only if, again, and seats. only if a guy named Double M could come up with something like <laughs> Yeah, well, big things are uh, on the horizon. Again, Dark Side of the Ring comes to us this Thursday. Um, they're going to re-air the Brian Pillman episode this Thursday. I think and... it debuts. I think it debuts. They're just, they have the uh, preview, but I think it debuts. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You can catch the Brian Pillman episode on YouTube now. They're going to give you both episodes, uh, part one and part two, on Thursday. Oh, that's and how it goes. Just... Okay. Cool. I was going to yeah. say I, I didn't watch it on you. I watched it on um, on Hulu Plus from from Vice. Did you so see both shows? Must you... No, just part one. But I think okay. part one did air. Yeah. Yep. I saw. I heard May six. 
I thought yep. it was May 6th that it was supposed to debut. Yeah. Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. You said it debuts. And yeah. But I just was saying I watched it on Vice on demand. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Their website says it debuts on the 6th. But huh. I think I, you can actually watch the first Ryan Pillman episode yeah. for sure on YouTube. Like it's on Vice's YouTube channel. So I'm pretty sure if you want to watch it on demand, it's it's out there early. Yeah. Right. And that's a great way to watch all past episodes if you don't have yep. an on-demand streaming service. If you go on YouTube and just um, tarp, type in Dark Side of the Ring, you'll get a whole bunch of them. Uh, enjoy them. It is an incredible show. I cannot wait. Um, yeah. And I'm going to and watch it with somebody who's not a fan. See what their perspective is. Hopefully you get a lin- little interested, get them advocated about wrestling. Have you, um, have you guys watched that like bonus thing that they got? Like, I think, I don't know if it was just for season two, but you can go yeah. on and watch the dark side where they got Conrad Thompson hosting yep. it, where they do like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like really bonus, good where they, they stop the episode at random points. And then Conrad interviews the guys, those two dudes that make it. And like, just they get more detail and more footage than made the yep. original episode. It's pretty sweet. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, think it's I watched like... the road warrior one. Yeah, I think it's called like Dark Side of the Ring Confidential or something like something that. Something like that, and then, yeah. And then they have like interviews after the bell. Yeah. So yeah, wrestling is it's a great time to be a fan right now, guys. There's a lot to watch, a lot to get into, and um, you know, it's great, hats it's off. A, it's a great time to be a fan if you're not watching Raw, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> wow. true I, that. You no, know, Charlie, I'm so glad you mentioned that because you just reminded me tonight it's episode 38 of Keep the K Fabe, but more importantly. It's time for a very special edition of Charlie's Corner. Didn't someone make a return tonight, uh, Charlie, on, on Raw? The great, legendary Eva, what's it, Eva, Eva Marie's making yeah. her vignette, so they're going to slowly get up that Woo! killer build to see her, I mean, te- her technical in-ring savvy. I mean, who needs, you know... Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer Mickey James. Who needs, you know, like fan favorites, che- the Iconics, yeah. when you can bring Ava Marie back? Oh, you Chelsea got to. Green. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea Green, Green will be yeah. at Zalo Pro uh, yeah. July 31st at Turner nice. Hall. Oh, so she's finding her footing. Such good shit. So Ava Marie, give me a break. Ava Marie must have cost a pretty penny to f- uh, free up all that cap space. Yep. And with that, this has been a very special Charlie's Corner. (laughs) It's very special. Very special. Well, and we got one more segment to get to before we wrap it up here on Keep the Kayfabe. It's promo of the week. Uh, This week's entry comes to us from Dave from Milwaukee, actually. He found a really great, um, really great promo um, from Bobby the Brain Heenan, one of the all-time best. One of the best. He's on with uh, Mean Gene, uh, and this comes out of the American Wrestling Association, the Ooh, AWA. Nice. Oh, nice. right here in the Midwest. So Grew there's a lot of dro- there's a lot of drops in there about Milwaukee and Wisconsin. So um, let's take a listen to hear what Bobby's got to say this week. Are you fans in this area well aware of the fact that a young man from down in neighboring Milwaukee, a very impressive athlete in the Olympics, I'm talking about Laurent Susi, Bobby Heenan. You've got a big smile on your face tonight. Impressive in the Olympics. Who cares about watching a bunch of children wrestle? Who cares about the Olympics? Oh, it's a great thing for the country, but who cares about Laurent the Sissy? That's his name? Laurent Sissy. Can you, you imagine? Nine months they had to come up with another name, and that's the best they could do. Laurent. That's the most important thing they could come up with in nine months shows you the mentality of his parents of course he went to the university of wisconsin right in madison don't, don't take a whole lot to get in there i guess you have to be able to the entrance exam you have to be able to write your name in three different colors of crayon i could care less your wrestling ability i could care about your amateur background you're in the ring now with a professional i'm going to go behind that man so much he's going to think he's stuck in a revolving door i'm going to take him down take him around show him the town i'm going to reverse neck snap his neck I'm going to dislocate both his shoulders. Then I might just paintbrush until my hands are swollen shut. But another good news for you and everybody else. I have signed. I went to Japan in July. I was there the whole month. Aware of that? I'm not aware of what you're aware of. I'm aware of my business. I went to Japan in July, and I signed the most lucrative contract for Nick Bockwinkle in the history of professional wrestling for any world champion. He's going to defend his title in Germany, and he's going to defend his title in Japan. 
and I pulled it off. That's why I'm manager of the year four times in a row. And high flyers, you can run, but there's no place to hide. You're running, like, you're running now like rats. The water level's coming up to your bellies, and you got no place to hide. And there it is, clip. folks. That's a classic. That's a classic. <laughs> that guy, man, that, man. Brings, that brings I, me I, back I, to my childhood of watching it with my dad. Bobby Heenan. Oh, the memories. Off, the memories. Looking back. Oh, God. What was your favorite line in that promo, Steve? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. He was the greatest yeah. promo man in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It was just nonstop. Dude. Yeah, you can't. They, they came so quickly. It was just nonstop. A truly a Michelangelo on the mic. He's a renaissance man. Bobby the Brain could really do it all. Well, with that, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Keep the Kayfabe. Uh, I really appreciate you guys sitting down with me and talking about Dark Side of the Ring. I've been, like, again, I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time coming now, and I'm just so happy we could discuss it. I'm really excited to see what um, Season Thief brings us for Dark Side of the Ring. Again, you can catch it on Vice, stream it, YouTube it. Go to a friend's house. Do whatever you can to see this show. It is so great. It's a lot of fun. Boys, if you do three things this week, stay hungry, stay humble, and stay hard. Stay hard. Triple H. Always. <laughs> yeah. Later, boys. Later. And if the dam breaks open many years too soon,